Hey everybody and welcome to another Torn Up interview and you know as you know what this says there's been a series of interviews at this magnificent Hallelujah 2 festival in Hartlepool and you know I've, I've been blown away by every single artist in the performance but um, I have to say I'm maybe going to be a bit biased here. I've seen the performance of a band that I know, that I've played their music, never seen them live. Wow. I will never forget it. It simply was, I was in the presence of greatness. These people have it all. Um, I'm with Mark and Leslie here. And Leslie has the soul, the spirit of all the great singers, all the great performers, all rolled into one. She's as funny as hell and she let the odd swear word out. And if she does, don't worry, folks. It's all, it's all, it's all a bit of fun, but I am truly in the presence of greatness. It's my absolute honor to interview these wonderful people from the Cosmic Trip Advisors. How are you, Mark and Leslie? Oh, you can uh-huh. stay. You can I'll, stay. I'll just finish being oh, no, sick in the toilet. That was, that was, yeah. that, that was lovely. Thank you very much. It's, it's not really deserved. But, uh, oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, I'm well, taking it. I'm taking anyway, it all. We'll take well, it. We'll take we, it. We, so. We've no other say true music a while now and I mean when I say, hear the first album even Jesus like you know, the funny thing about the first album is uh, that we struggle to listen to that because uh, you've no idea how haphazardly that was put together and, I hate it uh, it was actually me having a midlife crisis um, that in that made that happen was um, I had my first child in the way and I realised I had nine months to do something and uh, yeah. just put a band together. We'd almost done it like back to front, we'd never gigged before, we'd never gelled as a band, but I came on, had to learn songs and when we recorded it, it was great, but I didn't feel the songs. And so when we done the second take of the first album, it was live and it was like, right, okay, she's getting into it now. And it's amazing yeah. when you don't know a song to begin with. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't diss the first album, everybody should buy it. Oh no, I'm not that <laughs> Buy it or don't, but I'll find um, you and I'll, I'll do shit. Yeah, we, it's, it's a, look at just, just, we'll stop just the now, but we'll go back. Mark, when did you first have an interest in Was there music in your family? Did you? Did any other family members play it or was it forced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it's my thing. Um, my mother, my dad worked in the oil rigs and he was away for months and then and my mother raised me. And uh, But she gave up her job as a primary school teacher and started painting pendants, which required her to sit in a room for a very long time and paint the same thing uh, yeah. thousands of times. <laughs> and she had a record collection uh, and... Uh, there was Revolver by the Beatles, uh, and there was Simon and Garfunkel, and uh, Queen's Greatest Hits at the time just came out, and, and, and so on and so on. Uh, and I just, I heard these records every day, you know, yeah. uh, and I learned the words, and I got very upset about Eleanor Rigby. I didn't realise, you know, it wasn't a, a natural thing. I did, you know, I felt very sorry for Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I absorbed it. Um, and. It, it's kind of my. I never. I've never been at a football match. Um, I, I. I don't do that. Uh, yeah. It, it, music's always been my thing. Yeah. Uh, from day one. And, and the minute I heard the blues and uh, the Stones yeah. and the Beatles and yeah. Hendrix and everybody else, you know, it, it, 
So it was an easy thing, an easy thing to gravitate to. It was there always in your life. And look at, like the way I felt it too. Like I remember the first thing I saw was the Beatles sing "All You Need Is Love," and, and that was it. I was just yeah, you know, and I'm old enough it. to remember when they used to play the repeats of "Ready, Steady, Go" and yeah. see the Who doing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, uh, that's how I grew up. And it was, it's, uh, it was, there's, there's two classes of people in the world that listen to music. There's those who like music, and those who love it. Mm. I'm in the second I don't know category. where I sit in that because uh, I actually think I'm bringing a third element to it. Okay, well, Leslie, Hi. Uh, <laughs> singer extraordinaire and uh, character extraordinaire. How, what's your? How did you? How did you become involved? Was there family involved with Leslie or? So, <laughs> my papa, um, he was like uh, James Martin. You'd speak up, Leslie. Is it like so? My papa like sang like Rat Pack stuff in oh. all the clubs in Glasgow, but music was just like the place I'm from. There's so many musicians, and it was kind of like bred in social clubs, going to you know like singing competitions. But how it started for me was I would sing behind the couch on a Saturday night at a house party, and Celine Dion was my go-to. Um, and I couldn't bear to like look at anybody. And then when I knew I could sort of sing, I got entered into competitions and stuff and like built it on that. But I'd never, ever, ever sang with a live band until I met the Advisors. Wow. It was always backing tracks. I'd sang weddings, soul stuff. And so, so this is your first band? 100%, yeah. Wow. And I'll tell you how it happened was, um, I mean, I'd been down, I'd been, in bands my whole life. I've been trying to do it. I, I, uh, during the 90s, I was down in London and uh, yeah. with the Libertines and all that kind yeah. of stuff going on. I was in a band, we almost got signed, we almost got signed, we almost got signed, blah, blah, blah. And then I got a little bit too old and uh, I had to move out of London, move back to Scotland. Um, yeah. And I just happened to find a place where I could build a recording studio. And yes. I thought, build it and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but I had no idea, right, that uh, I'd just moved five miles away from a, a little town called Fault House. Which, by the way, is uh, Lewis Capaldi. Um, you know, everybody yes. knows him there. The uh, there's a guy called Gary Gregg. Who th- this is how I met Leslie was. I got a call. Some a guy called Gary Gregg. Who his claim to fame, unfortunately, was that he got to the last eight of uh, One Direction, but he didn't make the last five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So one minute he's up there, but yeah. he's still a bit of a local yeah. hero. And he, was try- he was trying I to do a, 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 a solo career. And he went, oh, can I come to your studio and record my solo single? And I, I wasn't up for it, but he came around, he was cool. And we had fun, we did the song, but I thought it needed female backing vocals. And I went, I've got somebody that I, I get his female. And he went, can we get my mate Leslie in? She's brilliant. Right. And Leslie came in and she went in front of the mic nervous as right right because unbelievably she's quite nervous and uh (laughs) and i heard her and i just went and it was a singer i've been looking for my entire life i I was just like it was just that moment it's like when i saw you earlier on it's just that it's that moment when you know light bulb yeah and and, and she wasn't in a band unbelievably yeah she was not in a band yeah it's yeah, and I mean, isn't it funny? I kind of would believe in the whole the way our journey works in this life that everything leads to a particular thing, and it, that it just led to that point.
When did the band form then, or what, when, when did we become the Cosmic Trip Advisors? Well, I'd actually already, uh, I'd, I'd moved to, uh, from London to, to this property and I built this studio and I was pissed off because for two years uh, I, I was letting out to ba other bands. I wasn't using it, nobody wanted to jam with me, nobody wanted to play, but I was watching for musicians. Yeah. And I started going, like, you know, they, a drummer would leave a band and I'd be like, dude, you know, yeah. so so that's how I met Pete the Beat and stuff. And I said, look, I've got a, I, I've done a, an album of songs myself, a solo album. Uh, it was shit, by the way, but um, but a lot of the songs ended up in our the Cosmic Trip Advisor okay. because the minute somebody who could sing sang them, they sang, sure. they, they were much better. Yeah, and uh, and basically, yeah, I just kind of grabbed a bunch of people to uh, have a bit of a giggle. I said, I'd like, I've got a studio, I want to record an album. And we got together and rehearsed. It was the beginning of 2019 because I got married in the May and we flew out to Sweden in the February after fundraising and getting money to make the album at Spin Road Studios. Um, and that was the beginning of it. Yeah. And tell me something, the name, like the Cosmic Trip and Vibes. Shite name, isn't it? Like, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great name. Oh, I think it's it's a brilliant name. See, when somebody goes to me, what band are you playing? I'm like, but, but how did that, because I, I asked okay, everyone that question, and I'll tell you when we're finished here, some of the other ones I found out on how well, the name came about. Basically, it's a, to be honest, I'm, I kind of run the show. Um, Big shot! Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's... Yeah, all, well, all so, yeah, someone has around me to, yeah. to play with me, but it's I've got the studio, it's my idea, blah blah. blah. Sure, so I uh said, We need a name, and I came up with the dark hearts, and then we realized that could very quickly become the dark farts. That would have uh, probably so, be <laughs> I could do well, yeah. Instead, yeah. you've got to fucking get the sorest out to read the name, and um, yeah, so nobody was happy with the dark hearts. Um, and I was trying to think of something people might Google by mistake and find us. And I was thinking, uh, TripAdvisor popped in my Home head. Pop. And, and then oh, I thought, yes. And then I thought, Cosmic. Oh, the Cosmic TripAdvisors, because, you know, yeah. you know that, that works on many levels. You know. um, unfortunately, what that did do was everybody immediately thought that we were some kind of psychedelic rock band. Uh, but that did work in our favour because the minute we brought out the first album, some guy who runs a YouTube Thing with 350,000 yeah. followers okay. who finds 
trippy cosmic bands yes. found us and then actually liked their album anyway put it up and suddenly we were selling 200 quid worth of albums a week for a yeah. considerable amount of time and that kind of took us from bugger all to yes. oh actually people seem to like this because where I found you Force I think was on Bandcamp I'd, I'd seen that the Force that, that's how we then I made contact but that's where it came Force because when I started the radio show, I probably spent maybe three to four hundred quid a month on buying material because at the start mm. I had no contacts with record labels, nothing. And yet, no, I had to keep the show fresh and I had to have independent music coming in. And that's how I discovered the Cosmic Trip Advisors. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was a great way to do it, and it still is. Uh, but at this stage now, thankfully, I get a lot of stuff from labels, so I, I, I have all I need to do it. But that's how I found it, was on Bandcamp. Because we're the best thing that ever happened to you, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. And you well, don't even know it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm being signed again. I mean, what can you say? First time ever an interview with the artist actually signed to me, so there you are. Um, but it, it's I, probably too when COVID happened too and there was no gigs. Like you were saying, 2019 was a kind of when you... Well, that's when we started, but at the end of 2019, I think, was when... Yeah. No, what happened was we'd done the first album and it's... Uh, it, it put enough money in the bank, unbelievably. I mean, thousands and thousands of pounds. So uh, we, uh, I threw... That album was meant to cost three grand and it ended up costing... Um, it ended up costing £9,000, which is pretty much all I had sitting in the bank at the time. Yeah. And I chucked everything at it just to get it done. Uh, and then we put it on Bandcamp with no advertising or anything. I mean, I literally just chucked it on and... And then suddenly the sales started coming in. It was unbelievable. I think it was a cover, to be honest. I think, I think so too. I think we got the cover right. I think the, yeah, yeah, the cover was brilliant. The gr- that was great because I went to. Uh, I was looking for a cover because um, I used to work in London as a graphic designer uh, for PR companies, and so I was going to design the cover. And then I was searching for cosmic stuff, right? Yeah. And then uh, this picture popped up, and I went, "That's fucking. Good. That's, that's cover, it. right? That's it. That's it." Um, and it turns out it was a Russian artist. Um, and I just wrote to her and I went, look, I love this. How much would it cost to use this as our album cover? Because I'm all about vinyl. I'm a vinyl collector. Sure. So this was always going to get done in vinyl. Um, and she, bless her, gave us up for nothing. And wow. that's, that cover just sold the or record. Or did. did. Yeah. It did. People went, oh, interesting, and listened to it. Um, and we made about £15,000, uh, which allowed us to start to actually have some to function um, and, and, it, and it continued to sell and there was kind of a life of its own and people started finding it so all of a sudden we went from a band that had done bugger all but we'd recorded an album purely as my vanity project <laughs> yeah um, and then suddenly we had a budget yeah, yeah um, which was cool because it meant then you could put that money back into the next project and, um, and that's actually what we've done apart from having to occasionally uh, buy guitars back out of pawn shops <laughs> and, uh, and and fix vans and yeah. pay for people's passports the normal things in life yeah the normal we, things in life we don't make a penny out of this we, we've pumped everyone back in I think the band's made about £23,000 in the last few years and we've Got about two hundred quid in the bank. <laughs> I know, but what you know what? You're happy. Uh, you know, I can see. I see what people oh, forget. We've got our entertainer back. Uh, the thing is that the most important thing in life is happiness. 
Mm. And you can't put a value on it. Whatever you do in life, if you end up being happy, that's what to do. Whatever that is. Money, yeah, we all need money. It's a necessary evil just to live. But it's not the most important thing. We need it because the kind of society we have and you can't buy a loaf of bread, yeah, you can't you know, put I, diesel I, or petrol in your car. I, I don't have an awful lot of respect for um, cash is, is, is something that can... Um, having money doesn't yeah. isn't fun. How, uh, how you use it is fun. Yes, um, and absolutely. And what we did with um, the covers album, which was uh, the lockdown album, because we were on the verge of... The second album's written. It's been written for three years. It's really annoying. Right. And we, but we couldn't rehearse for eight months. Um, we couldn't get together because of the, sure. the, the plague. Sure. Um, and then we, but I started sifting. I had this idea that we do this uh, kind of acoustic versions of some of the songs that we'd done and some covers with some strings and blah. But that turned out to be very boring. Um, but I discovered that we had lots of things that we uh, lying around that if I just tarted them up so yeah. I managed to put the, the new album together and just as I was about to finish that there was this option uh, thing to work with Kevin Shirley who, you know yeah yeah I know who super he is. producer right yeah yeah and we threw every last penny at him <laughs> yeah um, did the covers album and unfortunately I thought everybody would love it but it, nobody wanted to review it you know it, it got very little press so uh, so here we are
Leslie, I mean, your voice is just incredible. Your interpretation of a song is off the scale. Your whole emotional involvement on stage. Folks, if you saw this woman on stage, she just puts everything into it. She takes the audience with her. She just takes their hearts because how could she not? A little bit larger than life on the feet. Uh, like a no, but, size, but who cares? But, right? but like all the great performers, all the great front Jerry, people. you were meant to say, Les, no, you look great. And you fucking just body shamed me. <laughs> I'm kidding on, that's a joke. Uh, I didn't even hear what you said. So that's, uh, yeah, but the thing is that all great front people, they have to have a presence, they have to have charisma, they have to be able to interpret the lyrics of the song in a way that reaches out to people. And you do all them things. You do all of them. Reach in, out. In spades. Um, it's, it's something I just see a hell of a future for you. What I saw today just impressed the hell out of me. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not often that I have that feeling. Yes, I see a lot of bands and say they're very good and I'll enjoy them. But you were something really special. And, and the whole band is. And, and look, I, I see nothing but huge success for you and uh, if I can help in any small way to help well, actually, make that happen. I'm a bit short on my rent for next month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, folks, this is what I'm up against here but anyway, I'm well used to what this is. I have lots of different requests. Uh, let's, I'll put Jerry, it in the request box. I'll put it in the request box. <laughs> Listen. So, new album, any plans when you might record it or any... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest, Jerry. At the moment, um, life's throwing a lot of lemons at us. Mm. Um, the, the album's written lar largely. Um, it's demoed. Um, it's been demoed for so long. It, um, we just got a new bass player in, uh, and he's brilliant, and we, and we love him, and we just got our shit together to do this gig. Sure. Um, we, honestly, two weeks ago we couldn't have done this gig, so that's kind of how close we are to uh, getting it all back together. But now that this has happened, I think we're just going to take Christmas and New Year off. My plan, hopefully, my, 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 I sincerely hope this is to uh, not worry too much about gigs next year and, and worry much more about nailing the, the songs with the new band, and then we'll start recording them one at a time. Music yeah, fair, fair, and, fair, fair enough. Uh, I, I still think gigs are important. I think even maybe to record a gig and put it up that people can I mean, not, see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. But I would never record me a live environment because I am a loose cannon. Would no, you? you're Would not. You? Skill. No. That's your secret power. Uh, it's it's something that I think you should consider. I think because it will it will not replace someone being here live, but it but gives but it gives people a, but it no but it 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 wets someone's appetite. They see the performance, <laughs> <laughs> they see the performance, and uh, then they want to uh, come and uh, see the show. You know. <laughs> Oh, you, listen, you have no idea what I'm up against here. None. 
I think at this stage, I'm going to say thank you very much for a wonderful interview. Leslie, Leslie, you're, you're a star. And uh, Mark, Jesus. Jenny's um, a, a legend. My senior radio station is fucking good. <laughs> oh, do you know I'm such fun here? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Uh, hold on a second. It's uh, probably one of the one of the liveliest interviews I've ever done. That's all I Circle around and you move like the reach. 